years, they're ripping my flesh off. Son, uh, roll around. Did you hear me? Roll around on the ground. Forget that. I'm starting to swell up. Save yourself. Don't be the hero. Frank, I'm allergic to bees. Me too. They're huge and they're sting crazy. We'll come back later and check on you. Yeah, in a while. Save yourself. Your firearms are useless against them. Finally, Aaron and Ed are back in Ed's basement. For a guy who doesn't want to do a wrestling podcast, I swear you've referenced it like twice in the last three episodes. I don't know what you're talking and you're really just making me mad about it, is what you're doing. <laughs> so, you were on vacation last week. I was. I apologize that I wasn't able to be here live on the mic with you the week before, you know, emergency surgery and such. Yeah, well, you know, just fully recovered for the most part. Um, and we're we are back. We're back. We're back. Thank you for being with City Beats third best sports coverage. Oh, we're still saying that. That's what I I'm mean, about. I'm not letting that go no, for a while. It's we have a year. How was vacation though? Alabama, right? Uh yeah. It was good, man. Uh Dolphin Island? Yeah. I uh, suggest it. If you just want like a laid back, no commercial They don't spell frill. dolphin right though, no, right? No, it's D-A-U-P-H-I-N. Is I it know. because they're in Alabama? Oh, it could be. I don't know. I mean, there's nothing on this island. There's like five restaurants. None of them chain. Uh, well, we know that station. the only person listening to our podcast in Alabama is you. So we're like, okay to make Alabama I mean, jokes, Somebody might right? have saw the sticker on the back of the truck while I was driving down there. Uh, it's a possibility. Maybe. There could have been a bee or something listening to us. <laughs> Is that a thing already? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> it's it's always a thing. All right. Let's let's just talk reds. So we got a special guest tonight. We have Clay Snowden of Locked On Reds. You might have heard him on. He's been a couple times now. I think this is what uh, your third time now, Clay, with us. Third, yes, sir. Third time. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Welcome back, sir. Uh, I'm glad to have you. Um, so let's talk about the Reds, man. They're uh, they're up and down. It's it's really hard. Like I I feel like they're about to hit their stride, but um, yeah. I mean, what have you thought about the uh, the Reds though, as far as uh, how they've been the last couple games? Um, so they're starting to show some people starting to come around. Looks like the bats are starting to come alive. Um, I think it kind of started, you know, they had that 1-0 game against the Mets. That was one that I thought they had to win. They Oof. found a way to win with the Iglesias home run. and um, Then they've had a couple of good games since then, a couple of embarrassing losses, blowing huge leads over Derby weekend. Hopefully we we're all watching the Derby and not worrying too much about those, but um, they have a good little stretch coming up the next few games in the off day, so they they have a really good chance to kind of you know get off on a good note here going into their off day. Now, speaking of some of the previous games, you found yourself in St. Louis, correct? 
Right. So I decided to go to St. Louis. Um, easy drive. If you've never been there, it's incredible. It's a boring drive, but incredible place. Um, lots of stuff to do around the stadium. Just absolutely awesome stadium, too. I really enjoyed it. I went for the Friday game, which was the 12-1 to win, which was just like, I don't know if I've ever been happier at a baseball game, just like being in that atmosphere and watching all those fans like pissed off. And then I went <laughs> Saturday as well. <laughs> Um, for the majority of the game, I actually left the game a little early. It was starting to get a little weather was a little suspect, and um, but I did not. Sunday was the drive home game, so that was Marty on the radio. But um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, St. Louis is incredible. I highly suggest to anybody who's not been. Now, we've actually been to Louisville, if you remember. I mean, St. Louis. St. Louis. Yeah. Oh, we, St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, we, we went for uh, went for Nicely's wedding. Nicely's wedding. Yeah. We found that hole in the wall bar. Sure did. And you made friends with that guy. Always have your swag. That guy was awesome. I love that. Yep. It yeah, it's a neat place. I really enjoy it. And there's a lot of good bars and um, and restaurants there as well. Yeah. Um, you enjoyed it so much. You decided to put a little article together for us. So uh, for those of you who did want to check out Clay's journey through St. Louis, uh, be sure to check that out at www.pardonthepunctuation.wix.com forward slash blog. Yeah, it also has a nice little talk about all the food I ate that weekend, which is always a great little addition every time you go on a trip to talk about all the food you ate. Now, you're I'm you're a total foodie that. at yeah. this point, right? <laughs> like, I don't even like, I think foodie is a term that I can't use because I don't even like necessarily appreciate super, super good food. But yes, I like to eat food and I like to just eat like all kinds of food. Like it doesn't even have to be that nice. I'll freaking eat it, you know. So you're like, a, I'll try but, it now. And if I don't like it, oh, well, I'll probably still finish I'll try it. anything. Nice. I'll try anything, just about. Have you ever had escargot? I've not. What is that? I don't like S- the way that sounds. Snails. Ooh, no. See, I, I said I'll try anything. There's, you know, a caveat there. I'm not eating snails. I, I, I didn't mean to. My brother-in-law, we were at Taste of Cincinnati. My brother-in-law <laughs> got escargot with mushrooms. So it was like, they were mixed, right? And he's like, hey, I ate all the escargot. You want the mushrooms? I'm like, yeah, I do. And then I took a bite into it, and it was not a mushroom. Whoops. It was very cartilage. That is, uh, that's just a bad, a mean, a mean joke. Yeah, I still married his his sister, so it's all right. <laughs> now, do you have any more trips planned for the rest of the year? Um, I was supposed to go to Pittsburgh. That trip got canceled. Um, I'm going to do a midweek trip when the Reds play up in Cleveland. Uh, I'm actually going to do a trip to Detroit, but not for a Reds game. Um, June, I'm going to be in Detroit, stop by, see their stadium. Um, I'm supposed to go into Milwaukee for the Reds series in June. I believe it's the 21st. So a big-time beer and baseball trip. And I think yeah. we're even going to stop at Wrigley Field, which I've been to a few games there before, on the way up for a Friday day game before the Friday night game in Milwaukee. Okay. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been to Milwaukee, um, so me and a couple of buddies are going um, just kind of see what it's all about, and hopefully the Reds can can get a couple wins. Now, when you travel, do you ever go to like any uh, minor league stadiums just for the fun of it? Um, the only one I've been to besides Louisville, let me think off the top of my head. Um, I've been to like you know Lexington Legends when I was in college, and they had twenty five cent hot dogs and dollar beers, but um, my my family has a place in Gulf Shores, so I used to go to the Pensacola Blue Wahoo games to watch the Reds minor league, but now they switched to 
uh, the Reds switched to the Chattanooga Lookouts. Yeah, again. So I'm actually thinking, yeah, they were previously, then they went to the Blue Wallows. Now the Blue Wallows are part of the Twins Association, or, um, yeah, Association. So um, I actually plan on going to Lookout, a Lookout, like, weekend series this year. Um, and also going to Dayton for the uh, the Dragons the to Dragons. see some of their players. So we're going to do a little bit of a Reds minor league tour this year as well. Very I was cool. in uh, Hattiesburg, PA last year. Um, and we went to the, what are they called? The um, Senators, maybe? Don't ask me. Yeah, I think they're the um, Nationals minor league. Yeah, it, yeah, it was the Nationals minor league. That stadium is pretty cool because it's actually on an island in the middle of their big river. Um, so you got to go take a bridge onto the island. And that's also where their soccer team played in the USL. Oh, um, but that's a pretty right. cool stadium. Yeah, um, I find minor league games always have better food. Like, major league games, like, yeah. they have, like, a couple, like, I mean, you can get, like, your skyline and whatnot, but, like, I mean, it's usually just pretty average. Like, minor leagues always have, like, funky food to, like, try to attract fans, which I'm, you know, all about, like, I saw somewhere at a peanut butter and jelly burger, like, I'm intrigued, you know? What? Like, I would go to a minor league game and just get that on a whim. I had a peanut butter and jelly pizza at the works down here in Loveland, but it was delicious. Yeah, right. I'm pretty much... On anything peanut butter and jelly, I'm about. Aaron doesn't want us to talk about food anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> because well, I want to talk about the Reds. Like right. it's been exciting over the last couple of days, man. They the they scored exciting. so many runs. So yeah. and lost so, two games. So the bats are the bats yeah. are back. Yeah, right now it's looking like the offense is starting to come around. Puig has gotten a little. Everyone's everyone was so bad for so long. Even like the marginal better, you can just see how much difference it can be at times. Um, tweak betting a little bit better. I mean, Jose Iglesias, I tweeted out a tweet not too long ago. Jose Iglesias, actually, I just found out leads the position players for the bat, or excuse me, for the Reds in war, which is wins above replacement. So those of you who don't know, that's if you take the average major league player at their position, how many more wins he's got in his team this year. Um, Jose Iglesias is a 1.3, um, which is actually higher than Manny Machado and Bryce Harper, which were both 300 and $330 million players this offseason, and Jose Iglesias signed to a minor league deal. Um, so that's like, you know, he's just playing out of his mind. Um, some some other players are starting to hit. Suarez is getting hot. He has 10 home runs. Um, my guy, Derek Dietrich, double D, double he is D. at a 1.1 war. He has nine home runs. I mean, he's just... Um, you know, 22 RBIs. Um, so Derek Dietrich is playing well. Weird stat on him is he has 14 Ks, nine home runs, and only one double. How, how do you only have one double? I don't know what he's doing. He's just hitting bombs, I guess. That's Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, you're right. I don't see him on base too often. Let him fly. <laughs> just let him fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's got me 14. He's going to strike out. He's going to hit a home run. I mean, maybe get a walk here and there. Seven walks this year. He did get yeah. So he did get beamed a couple times this year. He's been beamed. Yeah, he's always getting hit. Yeah, he's talked about that beginning of the season that he's yeah he's always getting beamed. He's and he just deals with it, I guess, because he likes to watch. Right. Fly. I mean, he's just one of those players who just always seems to get hit with ball. Is it because he pimps home runs? <laughs> it has to be why. I think so. I mean, <laughs> you know the swag he's brought to the team. We've talked about. I think I've talked about every time I've talked to you all. Yeah. And I said it on the preseason that he'd be a fan favorite, which was. 
a prediction that's hit. I, I also want to give myself credit for the other prediction I made that Matt Kemp would not be on the team. Come, I don't know. I gave it some date, and he's gone after he he best stat of Matt Kemp as a Red. He had 19 Ks in one walk. I mean, my gosh, he was an All Star last year. He gave up, but like, he's gone. He's like a Homer Bailey. He just gives up when he's not happy where he's at. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot going on with him. I the second he got traded there, I was like, um, no, not going to be a fit. No, I don't think even um, the Reds thought he was going to be a fit. I think they just, okay, you want to put him in the package? Okay, we'll put him in the package. Yep. And probably yeah, it was a money team. deal. Oh, you, we have to take on Homer's big money. You take on Matt Kipps' big money. Sure. Here's we'll figure games. it out at some point in time. Like, throw him out there. What if he hits a few home runs? Like, trade him to somebody if possible. But I think everyone saw that he would not be there. Um, the other person I got sent down recently, Scott Shebler, which fans... Thank God. Yeah. I mean, I I usually would stick up for Scott Shebler, but after this season, like, my gosh, man, he's got to figure it out. I don't know what they're going to do with him. You just can't be um, trying was, to figure it out as an everyday starter, and that was my only issue. No. Like, if you're going to try and figure it out, figure it out in AAA, and then maybe come up later. But there's no reason to be trying right. to figure it out as a starter. That's the thing right there, yeah. And I, th- I think a lot of, especially common fans, look at it as, if you're XYZ, you need to be in the majors. But a lot of players benefit much more from everyday at-bats. Like Dilson Herrera last year with the Reds, when he came up, he rarely got at-bats with the Reds. And it just didn't really make any sense because, like, you know, he was he was getting more at-bats, getting more consistency. And you sometimes players, you know, play better if they are getting everyday at-bats. And I think that's what was important with, like, Philip Irvin, beginning of the year. Like, get him everyday at-bats. In case someone gets hurt, or, you know, like a Matt Camp, he's ready to come up and play. So, I mean, Scott Trebler, get him down there. Get him working with, um, um, what's it like? Turner. Durham is like what they call him. Yeah, right? The Turner. Hitting coach. Um, oh, no, no. I'm talking for the bats. Oh, okay. Um, and then, you know, get him working on his swing again. You know, a lot of times it's just a confidence thing, too. I mean, he knows he's good enough to hit in AAA. Like, he'll figure it out down there and... Um, I wish him nothing but the best. I mean, it just kind of sucks, especially when you've had success and hit 30 home runs in the majors in a year, then you have to go down to AAA. But um, Nixon Zell's up. Everyone's been waiting. Yes. Here he is. Um, everyone's really, really happy with Nixon Zell. He's had you know, three home runs. He's Dingers. doing this and the other. He's playing center field and getting every day at bats. And... Didn't he have two yesterday? Yeah. That's nice. I'm yeah, it was that. funny because he had he – had, Two home runs, but I'm pretty sure he had three strikeouts, too. Is that what we're going to see with him? I don't think so at all. No, I really think he's going to be at a you know, 300 hitter. Um, I did not expect, like, the three home runs and two in a game, opposite field, like, all that stuff that we've seen. I mean, still, he's like 17 off that. It's like, he's batting 235 right now. It's, it's all still so early. Like, we'll see. But um, he's going to be one of those players, like, I think he's just going to be super consistent. Um, I'm oh really God. excited about him watching him through the minors. My only thing is the health. Can he stay healthy? Um, I know that's like a simple cop-out thing to talk about, but, I mean, he's been injured in the past, and he's been injured this year. And uh, If he can stay healthy, I think it's definitely a guy that the Reds are going to have for years and years and years to come. Now, as somebody who has kind of kept an eye on the bats this year, 
I personally wasn't super surprised that Van Meter was brought up, but how big of a right. surprise do you think Van Meter was? Um, so Van Meter was a guy who I've followed for a few years, and I've always liked him, but his stats never jumped off the page to anybody. And he wasn't even invited to the spring training this year. He was invited as like a minor league guy, like not invited, you know, non-roster invitee type. Um, yeah, he so said the that too. of him being on the Reds, in May, early May, was off the charts. And he just hit so freaking well in AAA. He was leading the league in hits, runs, home runs, which he had 11, RBI, slugging percentage, and a few other stats. And he just was announced today as the International League Player of the Month. Like, he was, he did everything he had to do. He worked hard. He's a lefty bat that can play multiple positions. He's somebody that major league teams want on their roster, and the Reds, I was afraid they wouldn't because the 40-man move they had to make. And, right. Um, but that's the, you know, they can just cut Matt Kemp and then open up a spot. And he's come up, and um, Josh Van Meter is the only player on the Reds this year with more walks than strikeouts. He has one walk and zero strikeouts. That's that, your Josh Van Meter set of the day. That's a, that's a team <laughs> with Joey Votto on it, by the way. Right. And he has a stolen base, too. He's stolen base. So, I mean, I think Josh Van Meter's guy, um, I really do like his game. He's not exactly one of those, like, top 30 prospect types. Probably not somebody who I would bet would be around for a long time or put up big numbers. But he's just a really good guy, a great player. And they're saying, you know, he worked on some different things with his swing this offseason. It's just paying off. So, um, I was ecstatic to see him get his chance, and I, I'm hoping he gets a start. You know, I wanted to to get some play. You know, play the guy, see what he can do. Well, he said he has a chip on his shoulder because he didn't get that invite. So, I mean, right. maybe that, maybe I'll turn into something. I mean, I mean, he beat the cover off the ball. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So obviously, there is yeah. something to that. I watched a lot of bats games, and I saw him like the beginning of the year when he was like, you know, hot off the bat. I was like, oh wow, like. Good for Josh Rainmeter. Like, he played well last year. Like, I remember when he was with the Blue Wall, his tears were like, you know, good player. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like, they're going to have to make the Reds are going to be forced into making a 40 man roster move and end this guy. Like, it's going to be hard to make an excuse not to. And they did it. So, you know, a lot of times teams won't be as quick on the move there just because the roster moves and money and everything. But it was great to see him, you know, get his chance and we'll see what he can do with it. So what's this team going to do once Scooter Jeanette's healthy? Barring injury. It's funny you say that. Um, I wrote an article for Locked on Reds about Jose Iglesias last week and how Jose Iglesias will play once Scooter's healthy. What happens if Matt Peraza is starting to play better? But what happens if you know Iglesias stays as hot as he's been? Mm-hmm. You have to start him at shortstop. Scooter's your second baseman. Um... We did see Peraza start in left field the other day. I think, the, was that yesterday? Yes. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, man, it feels like three days ago. <laughs> um, so, you know, he showed some, you know, versatility, so maybe he gets some spot starts here and there. And um, But I mentioned how, you know, with the double switches that David Bell has been doing and pulling pitchers in the fifth inning. And, Ugh. you know, a lot of these players are getting more, rather we like it or not. Um, but what I was saying is that Jose Peraza at times is bad at ninth and the pitcher batting eighth. If you do a double switch with him, you don't really gain much. 
Um, so you'd have to, you know, kind of fiddle with the lineup. But then again, I mean, as we've seen in the lineup, it's been all over the place. It's pretty much at times looked like they've hit shuffle, just played players wherever they land. And um, so, you know, but I think even like some of these backups will get late inning opportunities for defensive replacements and double switches and um, all kinds of different situations. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's crazy to me. It's a good problem to have, obviously, but it's crazy to me trying to think of how we're going to have all these guys, including Van Meter, because I don't think you can send him down if his bat takes off at the major league level the same way that it was at the AAA level. Um, so just because Scooter right. gets here doesn't necessarily mean that somebody's got to go, you know what I mean? I, so it's going to be very interesting yeah. to see who has to go. It seems like you know Kyle Farmer was the – Okay, he got the last second add-on because he was on the four-man roster in place of positions. And, you know, he just seemed kind of, in a way, like an afterthought, like, ah, Kyle Farmer gets sent down immediately after whatever. But with his versatility, he's batting two forty three, which isn't great. Um, but he has five home runs, 11 RBIs. He's, he's shown some things that are, you know, to me at least, not – Oh, first guy off. He probably will be the first guy off just because of options and whatnot. Like Kyle Farmer's a guy that has gotten starts, and you know, I seems like David Bell likes him. So it's going to be really interesting. Um, I'm sure the fans are screaming, "Just release Actuk, release Actuk, bring up Cody Reed and stuff like that." You know, no one's been as active fan this year, so um, he's just on a one-year deal too. So maybe he could be moved. I mean, there's all kinds of different, you know, filling with the lineup and rosters that they have available. So, I mean, and that was one of the questions that I was going to ask you is what's it going to take to get Cody Reed back up? I mean, the, all the guy did while he was here was throw 2.1 innings in one game of no run ball. Four K's. Yeah. <laughs> four K's. Um, he, he's been, he's a guy who I've been watching a lot in AAA because he's one of those guys like, you know, he was a starter. He's a lefty. Um, is he a lefty specialist? Probably not. He's a longer innings guy. He's a middle really like. He reminds me of kind of like where last year Robert Stevenson was, in which they did not really know what they wanted to do with him. And Robert Stevenson, I think, had is having such a good year, not only because he's figured out some stuff, and I think Robert Stevenson probably had more overall natural talent than Cody Reed. Not that Cody Reed is not very talented. He was highly rated. and um, But I think Robert Stevenson knowing, hey, this is my role. I'm going to be a middle reliever. I don't have to worry about starting this, than the other. I think that mentality may be you know, settling in with Cody Reed. Um, with the bats this year, 3.21 ERA in 14 innings. Has pitched well. Hasn't pitched you know, to the point that he's banging at the door. But when he did come up and have that one start or that one relief appearance, he did look good. Um, so we'll see. I think, you know, Wandy Peralta, Amir Garrett, and Amir Garrett's pitching awesome. And mm-hmm. I'm, I don't ever want Amir Garrett's swag off of the team. I love no. that guy. No, he's he awesome. And he's exactly what you need coming out of the bullpen is someone who just mentally says, I'm going to strike this guy out. I'm getting this guy out, and he has swag about it. I love that. He's legit mad um, when he comes out of the game. Because he, he sure is. <laughs> he knows he yeah. can do more. He's mad when he, sh- he gets three outs in an inning. He uh-huh. just wants to keep pitching. 
but every time he comes in, I'm so excited because like I know I'm getting like some you know, it's fun baseball. There's some fun to it. Yep, he exactly. just loves the game. I just I love that guy. Uh, so it's looking like Zach Duke's probably gonna have to go in terms of you know if everyone were to stay healthy. How does Cody Reed get up? Zach Duke probably has to go. The, um, I, I think my favorite which, thing. Go ahead. Which Zach Duke going like they committed some money to him, sure, two million one year deal. Doesn't pitch great. Um, I don't know how long is. It's kind of hard to say because like every time everyone thinks Zach Duke, like, oh my gosh, he's awful, and he hits all these people, he gives up all these, which is true. He'll come in, he'll get the out that we need, and everyone's kind of ah, well, he's still this that, and the other, and then you know, it's kind of like you know, I don't know. It, it, he's such a hard guy to figure out. So I don't know what they're going to do, Zach Duke. Honestly, I don't know. He's not one of my favorite players, but. We'll see what happens with that. On the other hand, though, I love that we still have Alex Wood coming eventually. Right. And that's one of those deals, like, I have no idea what's going on with that injury. And it keeps – there's something like uh, – the, the word shady isn't the right word, but something kind of like, eh, why don't we have more in than setbacks? And I don't really know. Um, I can't wait for him to get here, though. He's going to be an awesome piece to this starting rotation. Um, Tyler Malley would probably be opted to Triple A. Right. Um, even though Tyler Malley hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been awful or anything, and he's had some good games. He's had some times in St. Louis. He gave up big home run, and um, but he's definitely shown some strides, especially from what I've seen in the past. He's, he's grown up some, and I still think he has a future with the Reds, but. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Alex Wood coming back. You know, it was the whole, like, for me, it was kind of like, okay, Alex Wood comes back, and then you get Scooter back, and then Sinzel, you know, Sinzel getting called up was the first of the three. Sinzel, Scooter, Alex Wood, like, those three could really, you know, that's adding three above average, pretty high above average players to a lineup. Like, that can really change a team. It should be exciting to see how this summer plays out because I think that as the temperatures continue to increase, as I've been saying all season long, these bats are going to continue to get hotter. And I don't know if pitching can continue at at the level they've been at. It's going to be so much fun to watch. Now, yeah, and I mentioned on um, when I came on the preseason that we were going to have. So I remember the first time I came on, I said that we were going to have some type of a weird, funky 13-14 to 14 win when we just hit the bats. And I, I did realize I was close with the you know 12-13 to 13 or whatever it was loss, which is balls flying out of the park. But <laughs> um, hopefully we're still due for that 13-14 to 14 win that just something funky. Let's say, let's go ahead and call Yasiel Puig walk-off home run in the bottom of the tent. Something cool like that. I'd be okay with that. Well, I mean, as you're talking yeah. about funky things happening, let's let's talk a little bit about funky things happening. First of all, we had a four-game series that ended on a Monday against the Giants, and that's funky and in it itself. Was also, and it was yeah, a, a, day a Monday game. home game. Day, um, I mean, day game. Monday day game in Cincinnati. All of that's weird, and not even in the summer. Like, who's going to that game? And not to mention... So, when I saw that, I saw that game, I was like, what is this? 
because every Monday I look at the game schedules, write them all down. So I look at the game schedules, expect like a 7 o'clock Monday game. I'm like, whoa, whoa this game starts like three hours. Like, what? <laughs> um, and then I kind of figured out that, so it's very common in the minor leagues, because the minor leagues do this thing, like 10.30 a.m. games. For, for Because the they're all field yeah. trip games. Yeah, right. field trips, yeah. Yep. So, right. So the Reds do day games on Thursdays because it's a business special is what they call it. You're right. supposed to bring out, you know, business clients. That's their gig. Well, they started, I, th- I think I heard this right. Don't quote me on this, but they started some variation of a field trip series thing last year or two, two years ago, and Monday was the field trip game. Yeah, it was. I saw a bunch of pictures, yeah. Okay. So, I, I don't know why I'm... So I, once I got that, I was like, okay, so, like, not the business day special that eliminates that, but, like, Monday? It's the end Monday of the after Derby, you're going to run a day game? Well, it's the end of the school year, and teachers are running out of things to teach people. So they're like, well, let's just go to the Reds game on Monday. Maybe I could think of something else for the rest of the week. You know what? That's that's the angle. I mean, when you think of it from the teacher's angle, the teacher's saying Monday after Derby is going to be awful. Let's call the Reds. Let's make this a thing. The Monday after Derby each year is national teachers don't have to teach teachers can still be recovering from the weekend we're going to take the kids to the ballpark it's day. not the worst idea and then they have to bring parents and so teacher parents appreciation are, week too exactly. i mean they're getting all kinds of love this week <laughs> exactly so what you're saying is the kids brought the bees yes the kids brought the bees <laughs> and then i love like so see trent rosecrans who writes for the athletic phenomenal writer wrote an article about the bees today in the whole situation. It was so funny and interesting and unique as his writing always is. And um, it was so funny because he was talking about there's, you know, two beekeepers just like there. Just one randomly like there, right? Like, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. You're kidding me. Mm-mm. I'm about sitting here because when I see this thing, I turn on. So I was at lunch and I rushed back to my office. Wonder why there's a delay? Um, well, I'm getting there. I'm like looking at my phone. I'm like, ah. I'm going to be a few minutes late. I'm like, oh, it says top of the first on my app, but no outs, no strikes, no balls. It's like 10 minutes in the game. How's it possible? And then I hear <laughs> on my, or I see on my Twitter like, about bees and all these, yeah, what? And then I'm like, there is no way. I've never in my entire life seen something like this. And then I see, you know, before I had any knowledge of what's going on, and I see this these guys like handling bees like it's nothing. I'm like, there's no way that there's just like beekeepers local area like i mean where are who are these people on a monday at noon who are handling these bees like i was very confused but well uh, did you read like the details of how they got the bees out did you read the the details on how they got the bees out i saw you know about this box that they had and they caught the queen yeah and apparently, so I don't know anything about bees. Oh, I know. Apparently, they all just follow the queen, right? Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, they ended up with ten, like, ten pounds. Enough to, like, I'm going to get on YouTube tomorrow and like figure out about beekeeping. They ended up with ten pounds of bees in this box. Right. I think they said like something between like fifty to seventy-five thousand or something. Something insane. Well, and you can't kill bees because they're endangered. So, no, like, and they're and they're the official insect of Maine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I actually knew that because I lived in Maine for four months. Oh, okay. Well, got it. 
shout out to Maine. There's not a whole lot to do up there, but I've it's been. a beautiful area. I've been uh, Portland. Well, okay, I was up in Grand Lake Stream, town of 109 people in the middle of the woods, fly fishing for four months and working at a lodge. So totally different than Portland, but. So there's actually an estimated 212,000 beekeepers in the United States. So, I mean, that's probably why there were two of them. Two of them were there. Yeah, two of them were at the game. Wow, that is just, on a Monday day game, well, three of them, if you count, our boy Derek Dietrich, right? I mean, he dressed (laughs) up with Nixon's L shirt and got out there. And I mean, there's three beekeepers. He's certified now. For the record, he wasn't actually spraying anything. Well, and that's good because he's no, uh, no harm to the bees. What was his college? Georgia Tech. Georgia oh, he Tech. went to uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Yeah, yep. he apologized about that. You know, you don't want to get on the the Yellow Jackets. My favorite thing also is that he signed that um, that whatever that pump back backpack pump or whatever. Yeah, he it, it looks like it. some type of like a you know something your dad would have a weedy killer deal spray. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, your dad? I, I think I have one. <laughs> well, so, after I said that, I was like, well, shit. Like, I'm old enough to have one now, too. I just remembered it my dad having one. Actually, I actually got excited when I bought it. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I just, that was the first time I've ever accidentally aged myself. That's to the point that I now have one. And now I, I feel like an idiot. I'm like, gosh. I need, I'm 25 years old now. I've got to be careful. I'm going to start aging myself on things. Oh, man. When you get excited about doing yard work, then you know it's there. So while we're talking oh, about... The, go ahead. I was just going to say... No, go on. So while we're talking about double Ds, though, Derek Dietrich running around here with this B stuff, he did some other funny things in this series. Um, first off, he loves the throwbacks because I think he had the one unbuttoned down to his belly button. Well, he unbuttoned the beekeeper suit, too. Of course he did. He had it buttoned right. all the way up, and then he goes out on the field and unbuttoned Why it so he, he can expose the chain. He, he had also- to flash the chain. Yeah. He had to flash the chain. <laughs> I'm going to get a chain. I don't know if there's anybody that loves being part of this team in such a short amount of time. Like him and Jose Iglesias both have been absolutely incredible fits for the culture of the team. They're both playing well. Everyone seems to like them. Um, everything about those has been awesome. But yes, those throwbacks. Let's talk throwbacks. Um, Which one did you like better? The, the, the polo? The one with... The I was pocket? about the polo with the pocket for the cigar. Like yeah. I'm a cigar guy, too. So like I like the cigar pocket. That was cool. Um, the blue ones, a lot of people liked. I, I, they were fun. I, I didn't really have much of an opinion on them. I they were the okay. They're the so different, ones. I guess. I love the color of the blue ones. Um, the the actual polo one though, with the uh, with the pocket and the Cincinnati just across the chest. I thought it was so simple, and yeah, I don't know. It was it, it was, was so clean. Yeah, it, very clean. Yes, hey, um, I can, they were just cool. This whole uniform thing they're doing this year is so freaking cool. They should do whatever. I year. love it. <laughs> they should just have. 35 uniforms and just roll deep with the uniforms. Yeah. Well, here's what they need to do is they're, they're selling those uniforms. I think it's the Friday before those games. Mm-hmm. They need to just sell those uniforms all, for good. All like, the time. I mean, they don't have to keep them in the store, but like if I want to go online, yeah. Reds.com or Fanatics or whatever, because I think they have a partnership, I should be able to just go online and buy that uniform. You should also have access to every hat at any time. I should have access to every hat. And by the way, I can get yeah, Derek so Dietrich gold chain for Seven ninety nine right now on Amazon, and I'm thinking about doing it. I would love nothing more than for you to be rocking that chain every time he hits a home run with your shirt unbuttoned. All with the way. my shirt unbuttoned. <laughs> yeah. 
So if I were to buy a fake gold chain and send it to you, would you rock it for every home run that he hits? Darn right, I would. Absolutely. We're gonna work out those details. All right then. So he, I mean, so who's the bigger cheerleader at this point, though? Is it Winker? Or is it Dietrich? I mean, Dietrich had the painted-on Fu Manchu. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. Damn, that may be the best question you've ever asked me. Um, I don't know. The Jesse Winker trolling fans thing is, like... Waving at so the Mets? You, like, yeah, when did this stuff... Where was this stuff the past few years? All this team camaraderie and team fun and, like... It just wasn't as evident. I don't remember as much of it. Um, Billy Hamilton had some, but yeah, Jesse Winker is just having such a good time on this team, celebrating home runs, hitting dingers like no one expected him to do, going off a field and then waving to fans like, <laughs> sure, the Mets fans hate it, and like all these barstool people hated it, but yep, I thought it was awesome. Agreed. I mean, how are you going to get mad at a guy who's literally just waving? He wasn't cussing anybody out, not flicking anybody off, not any of these vulgar gestures or anything. Just waving, having and, fun. I want that. Yeah, in the game. and you know what it is? It's probably just those fans are chirping at him all game. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny because we were at, I was at the Louisville Bats game, and we were chirping at Jesse Winker positively, and he was reacting with us. This was a couple years back. Like, he talks to fans. I know that firsthand. So I'm sure he was kind of giving it to him. I'm sure that the people that were chirping at him weren't pissed. You know, they probably thought it was funny, you know, kind of, oh, man, he got us this time type of a thing. That's at least how I would imagine most people would take it. But, yeah, these there's definitely going to be angry fans anytime anything like that happens. It's just part of it. I'm usually the guy who's trying to make it my goal to get the guy to turn around and react. Like, I've that's been me. there. Yes, right. I, yeah, you, yeah, absolutely. I found another fun fact about bees. Uh, the Magna Carta legalized the harvesting of wild honey by common folk. I hate you. There's something about this whole yeah. bee thing that has me way beyond interested. I think I'm going to watch YouTube videos tomorrow. I'm going to watch <laughs> a good. I'm going to find a good documentary on bees. Okay, this I'm going to learn a, a few things. This makes a lot of sense. Only female bees have stingers. It makes a lot of sense. Oh, uh, I did not know that either. I, I, I'm so stupid. I, feel like I don't know. You know, is this a? We're going to turn this into a B podcast. Well, that's what we're going for. I think. I think that's what's point. happening. Um. So some it's other things. Food and beacon podcast. That's it. Food and bees. <laughs> food and bees. Bees hate human breath. I hate. You Just know. breathe on them; they'll go away. Okay. So, <laughs> a couple things I want to go over before we let you go here, Clay. Um. <laughs> I'm new to analytics this year. I haven't followed any of the teams who've been super high on Moneyball. Um, looking at you, Oakland. Um, I know some other teams that did it. Uh, Houston, obviously, we know how they did. Tampa the Bay Rays. Yeah, they're doing it this year real well. Um, mm-hmm. So my some of my questions are like, I mean, a lot of fans are wondering if David Bell's overthinking things. We found out that he's making sure. his lineups days in advance. People are wondering how the hell batters are supposed to stay hot when everybody's off every third or fourth day. Sure. Um, th- this is crazy, right? And, I mean, one of the questions that I even have is if he's thinking that way in lineups, we've heard from, you know, Tom and uh, Chris Welsh. They're, they're saying that, you know, so many relievers aren't available every day. I don't know why mm-hmm. they're not available every day. Oh, wait, because you're pulling your starter every day in the fourth, fifth, sixth inning. Fifth inning, yeah. Um, um, 
but so yeah, those are some of the questions I have. On it is what's that? I was just those are some of the questions I have. Sure. So my whole thing on it is, you know, first off, if you look at how many one-run games we've been in, it's been pretty bad in terms of the percentage of us winning those. Yes. If a few of those go the other way, the conversation may be, oh, these are good things that David Bell's. You know, we love David Bell. You know, he stood up for Jesse Winker, and, you know, people would be giving it the opposite way. Um, and it's, it's one of those deals that, you know, you don't know until you try certain things, and um, I'm a lot more okay with it than a lot of people. I think a lot of Reds fans are just unused to, you know, just not used at all to this type of stuff. If you look at other newer managers in the past few years, they've tried weird, funky lineups. Whenever, you know, you see Joey Votto batting lead off a lot of people, like, wait up, why? You know, some traditional fans that don't understand certain, you know, back getting on base, everyone thinks lead off. Fast guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so some of these lines, of course, I've disagreed with some of them, and they've been weird and they've been funky, and sometimes they've worked and sometimes they haven't. Um, I still just think it's too early to figure it out. Now, when you talk about pulling the pitchers, I seem to disagree more with that decision, the lineup decisions, um, and the whole playing players. You know, sudden lineup stays out. Um, I've never managed a baseball team. I know that's probably something that happens a lot more than we realize. Because um, you want to schedule certain off days for certain people, and I'm just going off, you know, my thinking here. Maybe if I'm Joey Votto, I'd like to know, hey, Monday's your off day, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I don't know behind the closed doors what goes on there. Um, but the pulling the pitchers thing is something more, I'm thinking, you know, like Anthony Duscafani gets pulled after he's been dealing, like, why not let him go? But it's probably just more of a... A lot of the Reds' previous managers have been more old-school style, so that's what more fans are used to. I'm not saying that that's it's a good or a bad thing, but that's just they're you know going back to what they know. Oh well, usually you leave a guy in until he makes a big mistake, then you take him out. But that's what you're trying to avoid is that big mistake in which he gets taken out. Um, and sometimes it's worked, you know. Sometimes David Bell pulls him in the fifth, you know, five and two thirds, and the bullpen closes it out. It's just. I just think it's going to take some adjustment of fans. Um, like I said, I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but, you know, there's a reason why I'm sitting here watching a game and not managing a game. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, if you're looking big picture instead of one game at a time, the only logic I can put together is, do you think he's conserving for end of the season so he doesn't have gassed pitchers that he can't even pitch anymore at the end of the season? <laughs> And I thought about that, too, and I'm like, okay, so like he's kind of managing innings for starters. And I was like, well, hold up. Like, well, there's nine innings in a game. You're going to tire out the bullpen then. You know, it could be the right. same idea of, well, why is so-and-so already pitched this many innings come May? I mean, he's only pitched 70, you know, highest he's ever pitched is 70 innings. He's already at 17 or whatever, you know, 14 or whatever it may be. Like, um, so I kind of thought about that, too, but he has a – you know, he likes to carry extra bullpen arm, and um, I think that I would think that you know a few of the bullpen people when they started off the year were more kind of questions on if they would be there all year if they're gonna you know be there all year. So maybe he was more lenient to use one of them. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things that's just so hard to say when you watch a new manager for the first time. Um, just it's kid. probably easier to say if we've seen him, you know, 
manage at all, but it's, it's still early in his managerial career. He's learning as much as any of us are learning. I know he's, you know, managed at other levels, but those are developmental levels. You know, you're not necessarily always playing to win the, the you know, the World Series. You're playing to develop players. and uh, So it's a little different. It's going to be hard to say. I just think we have to wait it out. It's so early in the year, his career as well, to start, you know, this fire David Bell stuff or love <laughs> him. He's awesome stuff either. He's just a kid playing with his new toys. He's just trying <laughs> yeah, to figure I, it all out. Yeah, I see so many fans reacting so aggressively. Like, definitely have your opinion on it and all, but, like, don't be too drastic. My whole thing is, like, these fans are being really drastic about, like, the overall projection of how it's going to be in the end. Like, oh, my gosh, he is going to be like this forever and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, just let it play out because when it works, you know, they never talk about how it works. And um, I say, you know, give, give them a season before you not, – not that you all are doing this, but, you know, to the fans, give them a season before – start jumping to too many conclusions. I know I saw it somewhere, but I believe that the uh, statistics actually backed up kind of what you're saying as far as the relief pitchers go, um, because I believe before this series, we weren't even in the top 10 uh, innings pitched uh, for the uh, bullpen, uh, much less uh, we may not have even been in the top half of the league for bullpen innings, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But I don't know if there's going to be a, like, I, I bet you complete games will be down this year so much. Sure. I mean, it, we live it's in a league wide thing. Yeah, we live in analytics. Guys, Derek's at it right. again. And honestly, a lot of these, you know, players, it may be better. And it's one of those deals like it's so new. There's a big trend in baseball. And there's a lot of people that are so stuck in the ways of starter goes as long as he possibly can. And then, you know, I don't know. There's, it's changing a lot in the past couple of years. I just think it's one of those deals that... Imagine if the Reds last year did the opener thing like the Rays did. Like, imagine the fans that we've all heard of freaking out about... Imagine how they would have handled that. Like, they would have been all over the place. So, For sure. I think it's a, you know, sit back, wait, and see thing. Just well, just let you guys know, Derek, Derek's at it again. There apparently is uh, currently a experiencing a lighting mis- malfunction uh, that's delaying the game in Oakland. Um, and he has come <laughs> right. out on the field um, with his belt on. Um, with, that's all. No. Oh. Um, it's, has, been already, oh, it's already yeah, it's already 10 o'clock. I forgot. Yeah, I was about to watch the game. I guess I got to. He has some tools you know, in there, his tool belt. There's a lighting malfunction, you said? Yeah, he has some tools in his tool belt. He has a tape gun in his tool belt. Um, and he has, um, looks like a can of scrubbing bubbles, um, and is told, what about. can this guy not do? God, I love him. He, he went out in the field and, and pointed out where the lights were not on and now they're going to go work on that. Well, he's, he's got him. In the you know, it happened right after he pointed out last time he came out with the bees. It seemed to be fixed quickly thereafter. So huh. I mean, he must have some type of a wand, you know, he's, he's Double more D's than just a magic. fan favorite of the Reds. He's a fan favorite of the MLB now. Double D's are magic, yes. I mean, double D's. <laughs> yes. So, the last yes, thing I want to <laughs> ask you about this week before uh, um, I, I don't even know that we're even going to get to the uh, the games that are coming up, but Rysel Iglesias made some pretty bold statements yesterday post-game. Right. So, to recap, just for those of you who don't know, we our closer's out here saying that the Reds are misusing him, um, and that's really just the uh, – the broadest brush I can paint on it. 
What are your thoughts on what Rysel had to say? Yeah, um, personally, I don't like it. Um, you're signed as an MLB player. You're signed as a, you know, he is, you're a relief pitcher. How you get used is determined by the manager and the coaching staff. I I love, you know, like Sal Romano last year. He was a starter. Then they asked him to go to the bullpen. And you know what he was? He was, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And that's the attitude you should have because it's about winning baseball games. That's who Amir Garrett um, is right now. Right, right. And what's he doing? Pitching awesome. Yeah. And to me, you know, that looks bad. We've all been in situations when you work with somebody with a negative attitude. It rubs off. It affects performance. Um, me personally, I would just, you know, hey, if you want to get back to closing games, be dominant whenever you get the chance. You're not going to get back to closing games by going to the media about it. Well, um, if, if you're going to bitch about losing five games, pitch better. Right. <laughs> just yeah. pitch better. Yeah, that, that's my whole thing. Like, I was laughing. I was like, dude, you're complaining and bitching about a situation that you worked yourself in. You only were fully in control. Changes yeah. to work yourself out. You were in control of those situations. You didn't come yeah. in. So they, like, they're not bringing you in when the bases me, are loaded. To, to me, it's just when you get a chance, pitch well. Yep. If you're not playing well, and you don't like the okay, he's not playing very well. No. At times, they're not going to put him in at the most crucial time in the game because there's other players playing better. I want Robert Stevenson to close some games just to see what will happen. He's I mean, pitching well. He is the best whip on the team. Get him in there. He has confidence right now. Get him in there. Close the game. I mean, I don't know. Why not try it? I'd be okay with Amir Garrett coming in for more than a situational pitching. If Amir out. Garrett becomes our closer with that much swag, oh, my yeah, gosh. That would be The awesome. Reds have to win it all. It's it's guaranteed. <laughs> All I'm right. not even going to go anything less than winning. I mean, sure, they don't have a winning record right now, but the second you make the change to Amir Garrett getting some save opportunities, Dietrich automatically starts hitting even more home runs. Dingers. It's just the swag factor in the locker room is what it is. So we got three in Oakland to, uh, starting tonight, um, and then we got three followed by that in San Francisco, and this is where we finish our West Coast trips until, I believe, September. Right, that's right. They've been a lot too with the San Diego, San Francisco, we have all kinds of stuff. So, um, I will say the Reds are going to sweep one of those two. I want we we just I just feel like we need a sweep. Um, I think they owe San Francisco. I think it would do. It'll do a lot for the team to get a sweep right now. I think um, it just has that feeling, and I think Oakland. Jeff Carr, who does the Locked On Reds podcast, he wrote an article today kind of breaking down the series coming up in Oakland. It seems like a pretty good shot, you know, who we're facing in terms of their pitching and everything. Like, pretty good shot. Um, I would just love to see them sweep Oakland. Oakland, if you all, whoever listens to this, if you stay up to watch it, it could be fun. They have the good Chris Davis, the one that hits 45 home runs and has batted. This is the coolest stat in baseball. Chris Davis for the Athletics has batted 247 exactly. Four years in a row. That's it's wild. unbelievable. The exact same batting average four years in a row. So it's a fun series to watch. It's always fun to watch Oakland because they have weird built-up teams, which you only know three players. And um, so it's it's cool to watch. Well, you know what they say about baseball, right? No. What's that? If you haven't seen it in baseball, just wait until tomorrow. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> I think we've just seen two non-weather delays in one week. It's, that might be a new statistic as well. <laughs> yeah, what's crazy right. is... I don't know. No. Like, what's the next weird delay that we can get? I'm try- I was thinking about that. As you said, there's like a light what? delay. Like, like a locust. What's the next possible non-weather delay? Here's the craziest thing about the B delay. It's not the first time we've had a B delay. Are you serious? Against the Giants. We've had two what? B delays against the Giants. Who told you that? Fantastic stat. Fantastic stat. I, I, I saw it wow. on the Twitter. Oh, it's on the it Twitter. Was, it was back when uh, Riverfront Stadium. There's my watch delayed, Reds Athletics. Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> so, uh, anyway. So, uh, uh, how about this? Will you all give me a prediction of the next non weather Reds game delay? Uh, we've already had a squirrel. <laughs> I was um, gonna say a squirrel. Has to be something like in game, like right? It, it has to be an in game. Would be the yeah. best bet, right? Bark, something bark comes in the park, A dog is loose on the field. Yeah, that's a good one, right? It doesn't have to be a long delay. I mean, like you know, the beach ball goes onto the field. Like, how about like the streaker goes onto the field? You know, there's all kinds of small delays you can think of. I'm going. I'm going dark. There's never been a dog on the field during Bark on the Park, but we have had delay due to elephant poop. Whoa! Yeah. Whip. No dog. Whip. Whip. First off, elephant poop. What? Uh, opening day. Uh, back when Marge was the owner, she used to bring the elephants oh, out, right. onto the, out onto the. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Oh my! She God. had Shotzi the elephant. But there's there's never been a dog on the park or a dog on whatever the field called. during Bark, bark in the Park. In the park. I think There's they let him down, down the there. Field? I think you can do the base thing like the kids do at some After point, the game. Uh-huh. but not during game. There's not been a dog that's actually an owner's accidentally let go onto the field during game. I can I can change that. <laughs> <laughs> I like what if style. I change that for us? Except now Would you put it on the air, so <laughs> be careful. That can go as premeditated. Uh, uh, oh, I never said it. It wasn't me. <laughs> All right, Clay, anything else you want to say before we let you go here for the night so you can watch uh, this Oakland win? Uh, no, I appreciate you all having me on. Um, fantastic podcast. I'm looking forward to, to listening to what you all have to say on the other parts of it. And um, I'm sure that, you know, we're going to hear a lot about the Bengals and their draft and their offseason. So I'm uh-huh. looking forward to listening to all that. <laughs> um, I, I, know, I brought up the Bengals so you all get a chuckle out of out of their off season, but that's fair. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm a Bills fan, so I had to bring them up just to kind of take a little shot, but not like the Bills or anything to talk about. But um, I appreciate you all having me on, and I will. You know, I'm looking forward to next time. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, Clay Snowden. It's time to talk some FC Cincinnati, man. Good afternoon. Uh, I'll make a uh, brief statement and uh, and then uh, answer questions. Uh, After a series of recent issues and a team culture that had deteriorated, we determined that it's time to make a change uh, to return to a club focus to the team. And as a result, uh, we uh, dismissed Alan Koch as head coach uh, of FC Cincinnati uh, and have appointed Johan DeMay uh, to be the interim coach while we begin a worldwide search uh, for the next uh, head coach for FC Cincinnati. I would like to congratulate FC Cincinnati on officially being a Cincinnati team. Yeah, you tweeted that today. I'd just like to congratulate them on that. And this now makes um, Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle, the, the most, most tenured, tenured coach yep. um, in, in Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Yeah. in the college and professional level. Yep. 
Because I'm sure there's some high school coaches that have been there forever. Uh, yeah, we're not talking about that. No, we're not going to talk about that. Um, so I'm not even going to get into any of the stats for FC Cincinnati. No. I don't think there's really a need to. They've been losing. They yeah, they've been losing a lot. They haven't scored in five games. They have not. Um, so since our last show, we lost to the New York Red Bulls one to nothing. We lost to Philadelphia Union two to nothing. We lost to San Jose Earthquakes one to nothing. I don't know if it continued to be the case, but the last FC Cincinnati game that I watched, Maddox was the only offense. He's the only one taking shots. It's bad. It's not good, but in you're you're France. You're, a, you're, you're right. You, I mean, it's your first year. It's I'm, the inaugural. 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 That's a that's a tough word. Yeah, I tried to do some stats. Like I tried to look up some stats. Like when was the last franchise to join the MLS and what was their record? Um, but then I found out the last franchise that joined the MLS was the LA, whatever they're called, LAFC, and it's owned by um, LAFC. Dismantled us at the end of the game. I mean, we hung around with them. No, no. But what I'm saying is, was it LAFC or was it LA Galaxy? No, it was LAFC, and they're owned by. Aren't they owned by David Beckham or something? Uh, maybe actually. So I mean, I don't think you can use them as a barometer, right? Because David Beckham knows soccer, and it's LA. Apparently, it's huge. For some reason, soccer is huge in LA. Well, I guess it's because it's how close it is to Mexico. There's also a ton of people in LA. Yeah, that's true too. But that's why they have three football teams. It's very close to Mexico, so you have some of the. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the most popular sport exactly. in Mexico. Exactly. I just. So. I, I don't know. I think they pulled the trigger too early. I, I think. Um, I wanted to try to find like stats, like what, but I didn't just have the time. Um, but I mean, come on, we knew this was going to happen. So here's and, my only take on this. Okay, go for it. Because obviously, there's some people who are upset about Alan Koch being gone already. Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And there's the other side of people who are who have been begging for him to be gone because they weren't winning. And apparently, people in Cincinnati think if they go to social media and beg for a coach to be fired, it's going to happen. That's apparently a trend here right now. Didn't you do that? No. Maybe. Yeah. Brian Price. That was the only one I did. With that said, once you lose the locker room, you can't ever get it back. And apparently that's what's happened. Well, when you throw the players under the bus... And say we'd be winning games if we had better players. That's not a good thing to say in your post-game presser. Mick did it, right? Mick, Mick said he's gonna hold tryouts. This chair is gonna break today. I just want you to know that Mick can do some different things with a decade plus not under winning. his belt, and had been winning. That's true. This team doesn't even have a decade under their belt. That's also true. So, I don't know. I mean, if you lose the locker room as a coach, though, and the players don't want to listen to you, and you haven't scored a goal in five games, if Zach Taylor starts the season without scoring so much as a touchdown for five games, you think he's still a coach? No, you're right. No, you're absolutely cr- Well, wait a minute. Yes. Yes. Stop it. We, we gave Marvin 13 years. No one's ever gone five scoreless. That's fair, I guess. Even back during Don Shula's son, uh, well, Dave Shula, 
Dave Shula days back in the the forgotten decade of the nineties, Bengals like that's that's tough, man. It's hard, and, and I know that they're a new team and things are going to be difficult as a new team to any league. But we already have people talking about remember the days of the USL. I yeah, I saw that last night too. People want to go back to the USL, saying we paid all this money so we could just be just like the. USL, but I mean, and obviously, you know, it doesn't help that you're also having stadium issues. That's been an ongoing thing. Well, yeah, the stadium issues. I think the newest stadium issue that's coming up is that they found a, a, a family of bees um, on the property. I don't think that's so a we thing. can't we can't get no, rid of that's them. Not a it's thing. the queens stop, there. It's, stop it with the bees. I'm just saying. But what's the latest thing with the stadium? I mean, it's the same thing from last time. It's it's the they're they're still talking about you know why are we evicting people when you know every single do we talk about it's been two weeks but do we that that he had a press conference and um, he said in the press conference like people buy buildings every day and evict people and you news reporters aren't there. The city council doesn't say anything about it. FC He's Cincinnati getting, does it, and all of a sudden, here's all the news reporters, and here comes... He's getting you know, fiery. He is, and I like it. I've seen that fire in him. He came to talk to my office last last year, um, and he got on a topic of something, and you could you could see like him just kind of just kind of like get tightened up and talk, whatever he was talking about. I think he was talking about city council again, um, but it's just... It, I feel like it's becoming a divide for they're no for no on. reason. They're being picked on. I is that how I feel? They're getting picked on. Like it's like, oh, how much more money can we can we squeeze out of out of FC Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. You know, how much more can we can we do this? How much more can we do that? I mean, come on, let's let's let them go. I mean, we got screwed in a deal for Paul Brown Stadium, and this dude's trying to fund it on his own. Right, exactly. Without they're, the city paying for it. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's not funding it, but you know, I know you, what you're talking about. Yes. the club is funding it. Correct. And it, we got screwed on on Paul Pat, Brown. Paul Brown Stadium. Real bad. Like, mm-hmm. We can't hold anything in there. No. And if we do hold anything there, most of the money goes to Mike Paul Brown. Br- Mike Brown. Not Paul. He's yeah. deceased. That's true. Uh, but uh, he's trying to do it the right way. He's trying to do it without causing the city any pain i will say the closest to the right way as possible i guess you could say that because guy. at the end of the day when the mls forces you to put it in the city you're gonna be displanting someone where else are you gonna go in the city that you're not gonna displace anybody and if you bring up newport i don't want to hear about it and by the way those buildings that he's he's buying and kicking people out of they were going to be built they were going to be bought by another company and they were going to put some things that fc cincinnati did not like in that building, so those people would have been evicted anyways. You mean Hustler Hollywood? I I don't know if that's the case. That was supposed, that was going to be one of the things. Was it? Yes, that's a perfect spot yeah. to put it. I guess they wanted it close to the stadium. I mean, makes sense. Foot traffic, exactly. Uh, close to OTR, close to the, bars. the bus line. Yeah, or not the bus line. The new uh, bars, new, new bars, bars. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, they're. they're it was going to happen either way. Why are we picking on them? Why are we? I don't know. I because I they're just an don't easy like target. Because, like to your point. Well, I mean, yeah. and then in Milford, and then in Milford. Yeah. So this Rachel Richardson lady who kicked me off of the Milford community page. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what's going on in my own city now. She kicked me out. 
because she posted something about this or that, and I was like, oh, how much money is that going to cost the city of Milford? And all of a sudden, I get kicked out. Whatever. But she she sues the city of Milford for uh, $37,000. So, 30, so um, yeah, city of Milford has to pay Who is she, though, for, so people know who you're talking about? I mean, she, right, she's a freelance writer for WCPO. Um, maybe the Inquirer, too. Um, but she's like one of those freedom activists. Like, she just... I, what is my she personal suing opinion? for, though? Huh? What is she suing for? She's suing saying that they had meetings behind closed doors. They weren't open public meetings when they sold this when they sold this property and decided a, a sales tax. The softball fields. Yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, the softball field owners could have sold it to whoever they wanted for whatever price they wanted to. So that whole thing goes out the window, Mr. Hicks. Um, but anyways, so she sues them. They say, okay, yeah, we did something wrong. Okay, Here's your $37,000. $35,000 of that goes to her attorney fees. And she gets 2000 of it. And she's giving it to a kids fund in, in, in Milford somewhere. Like something like, so she's trying to be good about it, but think about all the money you just cost the city. Right. So for we what, paid for thir- what reason other than to your hear attorneys. Him, yeah. Other yeah. to hear him say, yeah, okay, you were right. So $37,000 goes to her. How much did the city of Milford have to pay their attorneys? You were probably in the hundred thousand right there. So the the tax that we're getting from hotels, it's all going towards those attorney fees. Way to go, <laughs> way to go. I mean, I'm not a politician or anything, but just to myself, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Well, you won't be able to make any more sense of it because you're not allowed on the page anymore. I'm not on the page. Michelle's on there. She tried to add me the other day. So. Anyway. And then she's going to find bees on that property, too. And you. we're not going to be able to do it. So potential replacements for Alan Koch, as I was reading on uh, the number two City Beat uh, sports coverage, uh, Cincinnati Soccer Talk. I was oh, reading, yeah, yeah. I was they're good. On there, they're so good. I, I, I like did, them. I did want to give them credit for this. They had an emergency podcast tonight. I imagine that. Yeah. Um, Alan Pardue, the former manager of Rest, I'm sorry, West Bromwich Albion and Crystal Palace. Uh, Tab Ramos, the manager of the U.S. Under-20 Men's National Team. The uh, Bruce Arena, former manager of the U.S. Men's National Team and also the former manager of the L.A. Galaxy. Uh, John Wolinich. I'm struggling with these names. Uh, the current head coach of New York Red you Bulls. You just too. figured out how to say Koch. Accurate. And... Uh, Dave, I still struggle with Mike Bone. Um, Dave (laughs) Sorachin, the current head coach of North Carolina FC. I kind of like that one because we can like rhyme with Sriracha. Um, I like anything that has to do with UN's men's national. Whether it was the former the the former manager of the U.S. men's national team, Bruce Arena, or Tab Ramos, the manager of the U.S. under men's twenty. What's Mike Dicka doing? Not coaching football. Anyways, I think that's enough on FC because it's really a downer subject right now with not a whole lot of good things going on. So let's talk about new beginnings, Cincinnati Bengals. Texas Forever Street. Texas Forever. Yo, everybody, listen up. Let's do it. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God. Well, we definitely didn't touch God with the draft. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. So... First round. I, that was the wrong audio, wasn't it? I, I'll take it. I was supposed to use a, 
it Coach was, Eric Taylor. That's it, fine. That's it was fine. it was Coach Eric Taylor's. It was, or not Coach Eric Taylor, but it was Coach Taylor's first draft. Uh, first round, Jonah Williams, offensive tackle from Alabama. Uh, people are saying this might be the steal of the draft. We I took have... we took the best offensive lineman in the draft at pick eleven. We okay. We could have had a quarterback. But yeah. No, we we shouldn't have taken a quarterback. Well, we could have had one. We could have. It would have been subpar to the offensive line that we need to fix. That's fair. And so the quarterback would have been on his back. Well, so do you want to hear? Hmm? Do you want to hear what Mr. Williams has to say about himself, Jonah? Yeah, sure. I'm not. I'm not a trash talker. I'm not dirty. I don't do anything like that. But my my goal is to is to make the person not want to keep lining up across from me. You know, I want them to ask to switch to the other side or ask to, you know, get a sub in or something like that. Like, I. I'm pretty calm, pretty collected off the field, but you know I have a switch that I can turn on, and it's a whole different deal when that happens. When I was listening to that clip, I love that. When I was listening to that clip, when I pulled it, I got feelings of Whitworth. I love that. I, I hadn't heard that quote. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so we're being we're being given a very high grade for that pick, actually, as the steal of the first round by some people. Um, and I'll take it. You know what I mean? We haven't had a lot of success in the first round here as of late. So I think it's nothing but a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I know I'm being down about the Reds, but you're right. It is a really Bengals. good pick. Sorry, Bengals. Bengals. I was trying to figure out if the game was back on yet or not. Uh, but, yeah, I've been down about the Bengals, and you know, I've, I've proclaimed myself a, a, a Browns Stop. fan. And I, I Look, I'm going to watch the Browns this year. I'm a, I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. But – that pick did kind of pique my interest back into the Bengals because it's it is it is it is a spot that we needed. Correct. It's a spot that we complained about. Correct. It's a spot that and after well, listening to that clip it's it's yeah, it's okay. And as you, you as, might get me to buy a, a, a not a not a full hat, I might buy a visor. But you might get me to buy a hat. <laughs> as we talk more as we talk more about the Bengals picks, it's very evident that they're building towards being a run first team. And I kind of love that. If you want to if everybody wants to shit on Andy Dalton for being a subpar quarterback, fine. Then we'll run the ball down your throat. Yeah, well, we can still do that too. So, obviously we saw what Joe uh Joe Mixon did last year. Yep. So you add an offensive tackle, you add the best by everyone, the best blocking tight end in the draft who people are comparing him in by I've seen small comparisons to Travis Kelsey, small comparisons to Jason Witten. Basically, what this guy didn't have was a whole lot of targets. I think it was like 20, 25 targets when when he was a senior last year. Mm-hmm. No drops. Quarterback never checked down to him, though. He was wide open. Uh, often, and just the quarterback at Washington never checked down to him. But we did take Drew Sample in the second round, tight end from Washington. I wasn't immediately a fan of this pick, but after having read up and watching or reading some, I didn't actually watch any film, but reading and listening to some people talk about who do actually watch the film, I think we're going to be okay with this dude. I know the tight end wasn't like a glaring spot of need, but again, if you're going run first and you get the best blocking tight end, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You don't know what you got in Eifert. 
He could be down week two. He could be down week seven. He could be down week 12. He could get stung by a bee. <laughs> in the third round, we it took... It would be a female bee. Though. In the third I'm round, we took Jermaine bad. Pratt, a linebacker out of NC State. He was team captain. Um, they, they love his run stop. He is a sure tackler. It's, it's a good pick in the third round by most people. In the fourth round, we took quarterback Ryan Finley, also from NC State, along with Ronell Wren, a defensive tackle from Arizona State, and Michael Jordan, offensive guard from Ohio State. You miss 100% of the shots you don't, you don't, you don't take. You really struggled through that. I did. Um, Zach Taylor loved Ryan Finley so much that when he brought him in for their official interview, um, he had another guy lined up that same day, told Ryan Finley when his time was up, Okay, you got to go. Brought the other guy in, gave him his interview, brought Ryan Finley back in. That's interesting, man. That is an interesting move. Um, That's a baller move. People are saying that this dude is very accurate. Uh, He's going to be the second string. Andy Dalton doesn't have anything to worry about right now. Um, But it does show that they're interested in bettering this team. You saw last year that Jeff Driscoll didn't really have it. Now, granted... We were missing half the team by the time the guy got the ball. But it's good to see them making moves like that. Um, Rennell Wren, they're saying he's very raw, but if you can put it all together at that defensive tackle spot, he offers a whole different flavor on the other side of the, the football from uh, Geno Atkins. Yeah. So if you got a guy who's Geno Atkins, you know, if he can still do those Geno Atkins things, and you got a guy doing the same thing, getting after the quarterback, but doing it in a different way, coming from the other side, Cool. More power to you. I'm down. Michael Jordan played next to Billy Price. They both played center. They both played guard. So that's a good thing if they already know like how each other, like how to communicate with one another at the ball. Nothing but a good thing there. Right. In the sixth round, we took Travion Williams, a running back from Texas A&M. We took Deshaun Davis, a linebacker from Auburn, and we took Rodney Anderson, a running back from Oklahoma. Um, Travion Williams, running back from Texas A&M. Jim Turner, our uh, offensive line coach, has seen him up close and personal. He worked with him. He was there at Texas A&M last year. So he knows who this guy is, what he's all about. Good hands from everything that I've seen in the clips that I've seen. Um, Rodney Anderson, some people are saying he could have been a first-round pick. So we got him because he was injured last year. If he can stay healthy, this dude could pay off in dividends. Again, you take two running backs in the sixth round one of which could have been a first-round pick. That's a very good thing to show that we are going to be running the ball. Yes. Um, seventh round and, we took... And I think running the ball is a, is a, is the correct thing to do this year, too. In the AFC North, it's always been the thing to do. Yeah. I, it just, you know, with Marvin in the past, we've ran... It, our offense was predictable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, in the seventh round, we took Jordan Brown, cornerback from South Dakota State. I can't really tell you much about this guy. Um, undrafted free agents, Stanley Morgan, wide receiver from Nebraska. Um, that's one of the biggest names to mention because he was put as high in some people's mock drafts as a third-round pick. We got him as an undrafted free agent. A lot of people are expecting him to actually make the team um, as an undrafted free agent. So some somebody to keep an eye on. 
Um, also, we took Tyree Kennel, from, uh, defensive back from Michigan. Jordan Ellis, running back from Virginia Tech. There you go again. Uh, Keaton Sutherland, uh, not to be confused. Kiefer Sutherland? Not to be confused with Kiefer Sutherland. I thought we were about um, to do something. His name is Keaton Sutherland. Um, offensive lineman from Texas A&M. We also took Jake Dolgala, a quarterback from Central Connecticut State, and Corey Contini, a wide receiver from Ohio Dominican. Um, also today, we picked up Darren Hall, a running back from Pittsburgh, off of waivers from Cleveland. Um, basically, some people, uh, you know, all the different people who give grades on the draft, even though you don't even know what grade you're really going to give anybody until roughly two, three years later, seeing what these guys can do. Um, some people are giving us as high as an A. Some people are giving us a C. I am probably inclined to say B+. Plus. Ooh. Rookie score. Go ahead. It's not one bite. Everybody knows the rules here. You don't give a decimal. Okay. All right. We'll just see what Dave has to say about that. That's fine. All right. Um... But yeah, I mean, I don't. It's not a sexy draft, no, by any stretch. No, but you got what you needed. Linebacker, you maybe could have done better. There were some guys out there, Blake Cashman, Ben Burkirvan, that I liked a little bit more than you know some of the guys that we did take, and that they were still available there in the fifth round, sixth round, and we did do some trades moving around. Um. But I liked those guys a lot. If you weren't going to get one of the um, either Bush or White, one of the Devons. Right. You didn't get them. And I believe it's been rumored that we almost pulled off a trade with Buffalo to move up to nine to grab Bush ahead of Pittsburgh. Who that jumped, only makes sense. Who jumped to us at 10. That only makes sense that we would be a trade with Buffalo. It does actually make a ton of sense. Uh, but I'm totally okay with us taking that tackle there. I think this guy might actually be a tackle that we talk about for the next decade. And it's been a while since we've had one of those guys. Oh, wait, no, it's only been two years. And we let him go, huh? unfortunately. Looking at you, Andrew Whitworth. Yep. So, with that said, that's all I got on Bengals because clearly Ed is not interested. I didn't say I wasn't interested. I'm just saying, like, I don't I don't have – you didn't watch. I'm, I'm trying to get back into it, man. I'm trying. I'm Are trying. You? Let's talk UC. They have one timeout left. 23-year-old Tony Pike waits for the snap. Has the football. Short drop. Lobs one down the sideline for Bins. He's got it. Touchdown. 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 Armand Bins catches a perfect throw. There's a penalty flag back at the 30-yard line. It's on pit. Touchdown. Now the Bearcats, with 33 seconds to go, can take their first lead if Jacob Rogers can kick the extra point. You know what's cool about that clip? Everything. Everyone involved in that clip is going to be Hall of Fame. That's true. Every single person involved in that clip. Yep. Except for the announcer. I mean, no, the, the announcer annu- in the stadium. Literally <laughs> the announcer. I'm not the announcer in the stadium. <laughs> I didn't. So we found out finally what hashtag Pike to Bins was all about. What www dot pike to bins dot com was all about which i still love that they purchased um turns out to be the entire 2009 team is being inducted into the bearcat hall of fame uh, also 
Dan Horde is going to be inducted into the Bearcat Hall of Fame. Dan Horde should be inducted into the Cincinnati Hall of Fame. I love that dude. He literally does everything. If the Reds don't give him a look to replace Marty, I'm done. All right. Um, how do you feel about Brian Kelly coming back with the team to oh, be man. presented? The Hall of Fame. There's mixed feelings on the Twitter about that, man. I have zero mixed feelings about it. I know. You're not happy about it. No, not at all. Um, but I don't know, man. Um, I think there should be mixed feelings, and I think anybody... You yeah, know, yeah. I, we both yeah. know that I, I am totally okay. If he would have left the Putting Lance way. McAllister on blast, I don't want, I don't want anybody who... I, no one should tell any other fan how to act in the stadium. That's fair. If you want to boo anybody... Actually, Feel no, free no, no, to Tom, boo. We should be allowed to tell Reds fans not to woo. That's fine. That's yeah. different. I mean, that's that's nobody celebrating or booing. That's true. Okay. Well, I'm down. But don't tell me I can't boo Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly had the option of going to Notre Dame immediately upon being hired or waiting until after the bowl game. So what does he do? He goes to the banquet dinner with the football team in 2009 after an undefeated season. What does he do during the banquet game? Leaves out the back door. How do the players find out that he's leaving and going to Notre Dame? Social media. Social media and ESPN. Literally. And then he doesn't come back to coach the big game. Oh, only the biggest game in the entire school's history so here we are in the sugar bowl against the tim tebow led florida gators and we get our asses handed to us yes big time do you think that same thing happens if brian kelly's here instead of starting the recruitment process uh maybe it does maybe it doesn't i don't know as badly but at least we know that our coach stood by us. No, you're right. Maybe it doesn't happen as badly. Um, but Maybe it doesn't happen. Who knows? I mean, don't get me wrong. Tim Tebow had Jesus on his side the whole time. So much, in fact, that he beat the Steelers with a Hail Mary pass. Fair. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, <laughs> and nobody was really beating Tim Tebow that year except for that one team. Um I don't know, man. I, I, no, you're right. I'm going into it with mixed emotions. Like, if he would have left the right way, then, then, okay, fine, right? He went to his dream job, fine. But the way he left, I don't know. It's gonna be weird. It's really just gonna be weird. I think that he shouldn't show up because he still needs to do recruitment. He should bow out of that game because he's got recruiting to do. <laughs> like you, I, I'm sorry, I just couldn't make it to the uh, induction. I, I had to recruit. So, on top of that, we also learned that, since our last podcast, that we're going to be playing at Notre Dame. Correct. In 2021. So, do you go to that game? Do I want to go to that game? Uh, do you go to that game? Like, I would go to that game over the Ohio State game. Yeah, I would too. Nobody at Notre Dame is really going to care that we're there, and they're not going to try and just belittle people. I mean, I went to the Michigan game, and Michigan fans were awesome. Okay. Like real talk, the Michigan fans were really cool. Probably because they didn't see UC as a threat. We made a threat in the fourth quarter, and they were still cool. 
We didn't win. No. But whatever. Sorry, I was looking at Marty Gilliard's Twitter because I thought he had said something about how excited he was to be coming back and 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 uh, maybe it was maybe it was Pike. Um, but I also just saw this breaking news. Oh, that was 2016. <laughs> how did how does that show up at the top of his Twitter page? You can pin things. It doesn't say it's pinned. Oh my god. I thought it said that he was going to play for the Jacksonville Sharks in the Arena League, but I guess that's not true. Uh, oh, he's retweeting a bunch of things from 2016. Hmm. Cool. Uh, well, sorry All about right. that, folks. So, other news in UC football. Um, three-star recruit quarterback Evan Prater from Wyoming High School committed. That's a Exciting. big. That's a big deal. Um, also, his brother, Garen Prater, who is a wide receiver from Ohio State, is transferring. Yeah. Um, he's going to lose a year of eligibility, correct? I believe so. But Well, I think, it, I'm sorry. He's going to have to sit out a year. He won't lose a, yeah. a year of eligibility. But, but I think it's going to be a huge recruiting tool. Which one? Both of them. Agreed. Yeah. This is what effing Tommy Tuberville should have been doing the whole time he was here. Recruit from the hotbed that is your own city. Unbelievable. What, yeah, okay. Yeah, we could get on that for an hour, uh, but yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm leaving it there. Um, Cortez Broughton, uh, defensive lineman for the Bearcats, was drafted in the seventh round of the NFL draft by the L.A. Chargers. So something cool popped up while we were talking to Clayton. Um, that Clay, Clay Snowden. Yeah, this is, is that what I said? No, you said Clay Aiden. I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, sorry. I was trying to type at the same time. Uh, yeah, while we were talking to Clay, um, something po- cool popped up. Um, UC Twitter, uh, maybe it was the football Twitter, um, tweeted a, um, like a, what do you call that, FaceTime? FaceTime video of uh, Luke, Luke Fickle. Fickle checking in on him. While, I saw that earlier today. Oh, was that? I thought it happened during. I saw it on Facebook earlier I should today. look at the times on these tweets. You should. Yeah, I should. Good lord. Sorry. 2016 breaking news. Um, I'm a jerk. Bearcats undrafted free agents that did make teams uh, in the NFL from this year's class include Marquise Copeland, defensive tackle for the LA Rams, uh, Khalil Lewis, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, Tyrell Gilbert, defensive back for the Philadelphia Eagles, Dino Boyd, offensive tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. He'll be there with Travis Kelsey. Um, Kimoni Fitz, defensive end for the Chicago Bears. Kyle Trout, offensive guard for the Chicago Bears. And Malik Clements, safety for the Detroit Lions. Also worth noting, quarterback Hayden Moore is going to be playing for the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Canadian Football League. Canadian Football League loves our quarterbacks. Pike played there, didn't he? Not Pike. um, Calaris. Hmm. Yep. What about... uh, uh, Mock. Mock played in... I don't think he played in Canada, but he did play for the Commandos for the first two years. Did he? He uh, was the, the bionic end- arm, right? Uh, yeah. Didn't he have his arm completely yeah. put... Um, that was the two years... Uh, the first two years of the Commandos, which was the indoor team downtown. Or at the Gardens. So, we got a little bit of basketball news as well. Uh, uh, this... this Okay, Jaron Cumberland advances to the NBA G League Elite Camp. So we still he could still come back. 
I think he's coming back. We don't know yet, and we won't know until late May. Also, Rashawn Fredericks officially committed to UAB, which is really weird. Really weird. And Nicaea Brooks officially committed to the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah. He's going to have to sit out a year. Yes, he is. Um, as is Rashawn Fredericks, I believe, who was a JUCO transfer to begin with. Yep. Both of these are weird things to me. I don't really understand why you would leave. Both of these guys are leaving for their senior years. So somebody on Facebook says the um, Narsir mm-hmm. is actually something happened outside of basketball. And I'm not trying to spread rumors, um, but a couple of people seem to have thought that was the truth. So oh. it was like a go transfer somewhere sort of thing. Uh, I don't know anything about any of that, but... I hope not, because I'm a fan of Nasir Brooks. Um, Xenia standout, Mr. Ohio Basketball, Samari Curtis. Apparently doesn't want to play in Ohio anymore. Also decommitted. Um, he's been... An offer's been made from Virginia Tech, which I believe the only coach he mentioned after Mick Cronin left is at Virginia Tech. Yeah. The assistant... Like and it's there. official. We're not getting Kenya Martin Jr. Yeah, he we committed to Vanderbilt along with Scotty Pippen. I think that's the reason why. Correct. They've been well, playing together at Sierra Valley. Together. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, offers have been made to three-star, four-star players. Um, th- we've had some visits and what have you, but we have zero commitments since our new coach has been announced, and we have had only one. Assistant coach named since uh, since uh, we announced it on our last show. So yep, that's all we got. That's all there is. It's not good. It's depressing, and we need some good news to happen real quick. So sorry for the FCC segment and for the UC segment. Let's round third. We saw that. All right. Nobody likes you when you're 23. Huh. Yeah, sorry. Um, are you having FOMO that you've missed out on the biggest movie ever yet? No, absolutely not. Uh, I'm, I, I, I didn't want to see this movie. It I, was so good. <laughs> you talk about it all you want, but I'm, I'm not a fan of the movie. And I'm not sure why the music's not starting. But I'm not a fan of you. I'm guessing it's my turn. It is. That's what happens after I ask. That's what happens, question. yeah. Um, I had a question, and I just forgot what happened. Okay, do you know what happened on this date in 2002? Do tell. Oh, I do! Easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here, I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Well, coach- I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a, not a, not the game that I go out there and and die for, and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that, man? We're talking about practice. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that, and I'm not I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice? We talking about practice, man. 
We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. It's easy to sum it up. I believe it came out later that he was drunk. Oh, really? During that would that, make sense. During that press conference. That would 100% make sense. Um, but, God, I love that press conference. That was such a good presser. Practice. You're um, talking about a game. I did know that, too. My uncle actually posted about that. Did he? Yeah. Uh, have you ever had a mint julep? I have, and they're not delicious at all. They are when you're there. Okay. Well, that's fine. And that's how the people at the horse track know who the uh, rookies are. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Hold on. The music's just not going to play today. Uh, have you been watching the uh, Jacob Evans and uh, Gary Clark matchup? No. In the NBA? I haven't watched it. It's because a single NBA. one of them hasn't played yet. But the <laughs> no NBA the Rockets playoffs. Warriors, those are some good games watching there in the NBA. I mean, Celtics ain't doing nothing, so. They're losing. Yeah. Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. And that's all on Irving. But, um, yeah, no, it's um, it's uh, it's a, some a matchup. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Check it out. How much would you pay for the autographed bee spray tank thing that Dietrich was running around wearing? I have to sell a couple things down here, but yeah, it's, I buy it. You know, there's, there's you know, I love buying unique, weird things to put down here because you're a unique, weird guy. Like I just bought that banana phone. <laughs> I just bought that banana phone so I could have Marty Brenneman sign it um, and put it down here. I, I I have a football over there. How signed are you going to get King him Griffey to sign it? Uh, somewhere I don't know. No, how? What do you mean? I mean, like, are you going to run around trying to find him w- oh, with a banana phone in I could literally just show up at the parking garage and he'd probably sign it for me. You're, so you're going to stalk him in the parking garage? No. It's play- people stand there all the time to get autographs in the parking garage. Do they? Yeah. All right. I didn't know that was a thing. Not me, because I'm not, like... But you're going to be. I mean, just for the Marty thing, maybe. All right. Hmm. But yeah, I'm gonna have a football over here signed by Ken Griffey Jr. I have, um, I mean, I buy you for a team that he owned, actually. Yeah, and Dr. Krimchak, um, that guy. I buy unique things and hang them up down here. So, what about your concession sign? <laughs> I don't have that did, anymore. Did you sell it? <laughs> I made a profit on that one. Shut up. I bought that thing for twenty-five dollars. Uh, turned around and sold it for eighty. I hate you. Yeah. It did not fit down here. It did not fit in the garage either. Barely fit in the truck. Oh, is it still my turn? It's. Or is it back to my every turn? Every other turn. It's back to Ed. my turn. Um, I, I just forgot what I was going to ask you. That's why we write them down. I was going to write it down, and then I stopped writing it down. Yeah, ask your next one. You know, Blink comes out with a new album tomorrow, right? That's a good one. Uh, I just found that out, and I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna, uh, to download. That. I hope it's on. It comes Amazon out in music. actually 14 minutes. Um, or I'm sorry, 34 minutes. Yeah, well. Um, it's gonna be called "Blame It on My Youth." Blame it on my youth. That's what it's called. I'm okay with that. Hmm? Nobody likes you when you're 23. Do you think Coryville Carl is the reason why we won? Use your words. Sorry. What are you saying? Remember, we went up eight to nothing in three innings against uh, the team that we just played, the Giants. Yeah, thank Christ you. Christ Almighty. Coryville Carl was there. Do you think that's the reason why we're winning, or make hitting all these, getting all these runs and all these home runs? I was out of town. 
I can't confirm or deny anything. I'm just happened. saying he was there on May third. Corey Bill Carl. May third. Thanks, Corey. Yeah, Bill man. Carl. Appreciate that, bud. Um, what did you think about the new Blink One Eighty Two Lil Wayne remix? I didn't listen to it yet. Combined, what's my age again? And a Millie. I didn't listen to it yet. Fire. Is it? Yes. I have not listened to it yet. Hold on. So are you going to go? To the concert? Yeah. I'm there, yes. Hold on. Okay, so nothing wants to work on the computer today. Yep, well. Shocker that you have issues with audio. This is crazy. Ask a question. Gotcha. What's the weirdest thing you could say that would make a ton of sense to Cincinnati people, but would just be like, what the hell are you talking about? People from not not from Cincinnati. You want a three-way? That's So I think that's one of them. So I was driving back from, from the beach, and this question came up from Cincy Problems. What is the phrase that would only make sense to someone from Cincinnati? And that was all of them. That was all of them. Uh, Want to play cornhole in my backyard? Um, <laughs> come to the beach. It's right across from the island. I'll, I'll have a four-way with beans. Upside down three-way light cheese. How about a three-way? Yeah, that's yep. that's good stuff. All right, that's that's all there is. And I had no music still. Bum of the week. Cause you're training like a damn bum. You know that bum. A bum. You are a bum. You're a bum. And that's all you'll ever be. A bum. Well, that hurts, man. Go for it. So my bum of the week, and I'm sure you've seen this on social media, the way that you're on social media, is directors, producers on Game of Thrones. No, I, I have probably have not have seen this because anything that says GOT, I I think I have a filter on my Twitter. You blamed the fourth episode for being too dark on viewers' TVs. Are you kidding me? And what's that mean? Because the the whole episode was too dark, they tried to make it as realistic as you, it. Literally in my living room, I had all the lights out, and it looked like the. Uh, you know when you can put it like inverted? Yeah. It looked like that. Oh, that's crazy. Like people had to brighten their TV screens. Like you have to, to do with Grand Theft Auto before you play? You have to, unbelievable. Like, you can see the Rockstar yes. logo? Yeah. Um, and how in the hell do you not see a Starbucks cup in the middle of a shoot? Or during post-production? Like even after you wrap the scene and see it sitting there, doesn't someone say like, uh, sorry guys, but someone forgot a cup of coffee here. I... Don't watch the show. Today is, so today is Tuesday. They only just today re-released it with the coffee cup edited out of a scene. Right in front of somebody <laughs> on a banquet table. Why go back and do that? Because people were complaining about it. And then they complained about it being gone. I hate everyone. Bum of the week. Uh, so my bum of the week, uh, if you've been on my Facebook page, you, you probably know who it is. Um, but Ego Power Tools. Um, <laughs> dot, I, I, I've been having this conversation with them for they're, about They're never going to be a sponsor. <laughs> never going to be a sponsor of the show, and I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, I just... I, whoa, what was that all about, huh? I don't know. You sound like a machine. I didn't even do it that time. 
Huh. Anyways, how do you? I think it's ego power tools trying to shut down the podcast. Um, how do you? <laughs> how do you keep a person sitting on the phone for an hour and forty five minutes? It was the bees. And then when your office closes at eight o'clock, you just kick them out of the hold and put them into a voicemail. Like, what kind of customer service is that? Like, at what point do you, are you not looking up at your at your Simon screens and going? Uh, hey, there's a call holding for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, that's a problem. It's not good. And it's not a good lead, a, a, a good look. And I told them to have their management call me so I could teach them about customer service because you know I know all about it. Bum. Bum. So I think all we got left is what's in Ed's fridge? It is now time for everyone's favorite segment. What is in Ed's fridge? So, I brought us back a special beer um, all the way from Georgia. Avondale Estates, Georgia. Uh, this beer is called, I think the beer company name. Wild Heaven Beer. It's called, um, on the can, it says emergency drinking beer. The company is Wild Heaven Beer. Yeah, it is. Avondale State, Georgia, manufacturer. Um, Contents, beer. It's a watermelon blend. Contents. Beer. Beer. (laughs) The drink of necessity, real brewed, all-purpose blend, ready to drink, do not refill, do not reuse. And then it says a bunch of other things in other languages. Other languages, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, 4% by volume. I'm excited for this one. Should be. Got a vacation beer. This is a good beer. Do you taste that watermelon? No. It's a little bit... On the back of the palate, as friend of the show would say. No. Brandon. I don't taste much of the watermelon. Really? Mm-mm. Try Hell or High Watermelon. Now that's a good beer. Um. So yeah, I think that's all we got. Before we go, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Pardon the Punctuation. Check us out on Twitter, at PTP Podcast Cincy. Check us out on Instagram, Pardon underscore the underscore punctuation. Check us out on YouTube. We're there, too. Uh, phone number, 513-818-2077. You can call us with your questions, comments, feedback, or hot takes. We're also going to have the blog on there by Clay Snowden on his travels to St. Louis at www.pardonthepunctuation.wix.com forward slash blog. And as always, you can email us with any ideas that you have for ways to better the show. Or with your own blog ideas, pardon the punctuation at gmail.com. Uh, we out.